Hey, I'm Rafa Chua, and welcome back to So Far So Good, the socially distanced podcast. Yes, you heard that right. For the first time ever, these interviews are appearing in an all-audio format. The particular interview you hear in this episode is our first ever So Far So Good interview with Petra Gana of Help From Home PH. It was recorded all the way back in April 10, 2020. Music used in this episode is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution License and includes Hat the Jazz by Twin Musicom and Airport Lounge Disco Ultra Lounge by Kevin McLeod. Enjoy the episode, happy listening, and remember to hold on to hope in these uncertain times. When we're confronted with bad news at every turn, it's easy to lose sight of the hope that keeps us going. I'm Rafa Chua, and I've made it my mission to share stories of hope in the midst of our uncertain times, to prove that anyone, anywhere, can do their small part today to solve even the biggest of problems. Welcome to the Socially Distanced Talk Show. Welcome to So Far, So Good. In the wake of the COVID-19 outbreak and the resulting enhanced community quarantine, a multitude of ways to help have emerged online. A quick search through social media will pull up thousands of different efforts, set up by different groups, for different communities, and with different donation channels. While this is all well and good, it can be a bit overwhelming, and a person who is looking for ways to help can be paralyzed by the sheer number of choices, not to mention all the info they have to go through. Enter Help From Home. Launched just weeks after the lockdown was declared, Help From Home PH is an information hub that seeks out, verifies, and compiles different initiatives that you can participate in to provide relief to the communities affected by COVID-19. Help From Home is a prime example of how good design and information management can play a crucial role in crisis response. To understand more about how the platform came to be, I sat down for an interview with Petra Gana, a member of the team behind Help From Home. First of all, I just want to thank you again for coming on to the show. Super appreciate you giving your time given how busy the team is right now. The Help From Home team is composed of young professionals from a variety of different backgrounds. So could you give us a quick introduction of yourself, your own background, and talk about your role on the Help From Home team? What I'm doing right now is I'm doing like the project coordination um, between the Help From Home volunteer group and, and the Half Design Studio, which is where I work. So okay. just background, um, help from home, like what you said, is composed of different um, professionals from different groups. Um, just so happens that they're all my friends from college. <laughs> so luckily, um, we were able to all find each other um, because we were all checking out that Google Sheet that was released um, early on during the crisis or during the quarantine period, which had a list of relief efforts. And we all went on that sheet looking for ways to help and looking for ways to consolidate it. And then just it just so happens that I put a comment in the suggestions page and then they recognize my name and then my friends message me and then we formed help from home so what I do is I work in a design studio called and a half and that's um, what I'm we're primarily offering we're like the design partner of the help from home group so that's why we were in charge of like building this um, the UX side of the help from home website building the front-end design the look all the illustrations and things like that and the branding I yes. find it very interesting how you guys came to meet. So it's sort of like you just bumped into each other online while you were all looking at the same Excel sheet. Like, mm-hmm. um, if I may ask a bit more, like, how did that play out? Like, did you just start a group chat on Facebook and you suddenly came up with this initiative? Um, yeah, actually. So what I did was I messaged I uh, the Google Sheet that we looked at. It had um, a suggestions page. 
And what I did was I wrote like, oh, is it okay if we use um, this content as reference? And then I signed my name, Dash Petra. And then luckily, my friend who was also on it just took a chance and said like, maybe this is the Petra I know from college and then messaged me on Facebook. And then we just started because he had the same idea also of creating a consolidated website. So we just ended up um, getting into a larger group of all people who were all interested and all had different skill sets. And then we were able to form the core group. And I love how your mini college reunion like kind of evolved into this sort of project. You mentioned like your core group is made of different kinds of people. Like what sort of uh, professions are in there? Like what kind of expertise do the people in your group have? Yeah, so we have different departments. Um, like we have people who um, are working in journalism. We have people working in development, in consulting. Um, we also have people who are doing comms and PR. So like what I really liked about it was that when we wanted to build um, the website, it was just as a design studio. So we were just obviously thinking about the branding and the communication aspect. But there's so much more that comes into it that requires an interdisciplinary effort. Meaning we needed people um, that could give a development perspective. We needed people who could understand how to broad, um, widen the reach and the scope. So all of these people, like, they came together. It just helped also help from home become more than the static website that you're imagining. Because initially, actually, and the half, we just thought about making like a, a directory that was easy to use. But as you know, like we're gonna come up with a heat map soon that can explain, or, like can break down the needs per area and region. And we're also trying to just make the filtering easier. So we have a volunteer base now that does like calling and stuff. So we wouldn't be, have been able to do that without the effort of um, the other people from different backgrounds. I have to say, like, when I was first researching about your page, I was amazed at how, I guess, sophisticated everything was just like a few weeks after the launch of the project. Like, I saw you had a volunteers Facebook group. Like, if you go to the page, there's also a whole process for getting your organization accredited and added to the database. And even when I contacted you guys for this interview, like, someone emailed me saying they were from the PR team. So I was like, whoa, they, they already have their own PR team. So I definitely see, like, how the whole interdisciplinary approach is becoming very useful. From what I see, it was developed in a very short amount of time and the output is very high quality. Are you also from Ateneo? Yeah, I'm from Ateneo. All right, so um, I can see why you're good at cramming. No, I'm just kidding. No, but I, I was really impressed though that like in such a short amount of time, the output is very good. I do want to ask now, since um, you are one of the founding members, so to speak, what challenges um, did you guys encounter in coming up with this platform? Well, definitely it's the, the factor of like physical distance that we're really, you know, working under during this quarantine period. So like we had to do a lot of online meetings, a lot of like two hour conversations on Zoom. Um, clicking back to the link because <laughs> time kept expanding. <laughs> just like really working agile. I guess as a design studio, we're very comfortable with um, having set lead times. But, you know, in this specific scenario, we're in a crisis and we all understood that we have to work overtime. So we weren't thinking about, you know, this is a client engagement. We were thinking about this as a possible solution for people who want to help from home. So we really, it was just breaking our kind of mindset and working more agile and also dealing with um, the physical barriers that we had, which is really like longer meetings online and just aligning with everyone because we couldn't see them face to face. But I think for the first phase of this project, which is more of the directory, it was a bit easier because everything can be done digitally and online. So 
I think that's also something of a revelation that like, okay, you know, we can actually do this even if we're not physically together. As a sort of follow-up question, though, on your website, you kind of touched on this already, but you describe help from home specifically as an information hub that helps folks at home support those who aren't. So what specific need or maybe design challenge did your team see that had to be addressed by this kind of platform that you developed? Um, that's a good question. Thanks. I think um, it's always about figuring out how design can solve a problem, right? Which is why I love um, how you phrased it. Definitely when we were going through the different relief efforts as people who wanted to volunteer ourselves, like there really is this fatigue in terms of overwhelming information. You know, right. you don't know how you can help because it's just coming at you in an Instagram feed and you're just scrolling through story and it's it's difficult for you to choose like what are the specific um what are the specific areas I want to help? Um, is is um, this specific avenue, for example, like where do I where do I focus on frontliners and families at risk? And then also, how do I know if this organization is legit? So it's really just all of these information that's bombarding you, and no one is helping you sift through it so that you can have an easier time helping from home. And I think that was really our main challenge: um, how do we make the user experience easy? So that they're encouraged to help, because I think in this respect, like everyone, you know, you've been seeing that phrase, like everyone is a frontliner. So I don't think um, people at home are comfortable, naman, just like waiting, because it's not like we're in a vacation. We're really in a shared crisis. So we know that there is a desire for people to help from home, but it's also very overwhelming with all the information, and that's a design challenge that we wanted to um, address. I have to say that I think it was pretty successfully solved, at least based on what I've seen. Um, going through the website, it's really cool how you guys have it divided specifically, how you can help families at risk, how you can help frontliners. And those are even broken down further, that for frontliners, you can do food, you can do transportation, you can do uh, accommodations also, from what I remember. I guess from more of a design perspective, as someone who coordinates our liaisons between the two parties, no? I just wanted to ask, like, what sort of thought process went into the design of the website itself? So, actually, it's interesting because um, I guess we don't have like a client in this um, space, so it's all us. And I guess we like that the volunteer group obviously gave us the autonomy to do it because we are the design partners. So, we just went for it. Um, our overall direction, of course, was to explain the urgency visually. So that's also why we chose those specific colors. Um, because we wanted action to be prompted. We want to show a sense of urgency because the time to act is now. And in terms of um, illustrations, we also didn't want to go with something like too trendy. We wanted to do something that was more focused, but still, I guess, interesting to look at. You know, I don't want to, like, we don't want to, we don't want to disregard like how visuals really entice people to act as well. So we realized that illustrations are very important. Um, and making sure that you know you had bold type mixed with type that could um, accommodate like long organization names. So just factoring those in. It's not really a very complicated um, brand, but it's something that we felt like was very um, it functional and helped aid the experience. I'm actually taking a UX design elective this sem. So um, when I was looking at the site, I was kind of going through. Some of the things which I learned, I was like, wow, yeah, they're really. this is how it's applied in real life. I particularly love what you said about the deliberate choice of color and font because that's something that I, I guess, also read when I was on the site. I was like, this is designed, uh, I guess, to optim very optimally put the information in the front. So it is yeah. a very nicely designed website, 
but the information is really the star of the show. I think that's exactly what was needed to solve this problem you identified. On your website, you mentioned that you're currently developing a way to monitor the status of donations for the needs of frontliners and families at risk. And earlier, you were also talking about the heat map. Well, actually, we're, we divided the website development into phases. So right now, um, you're actually going to see an update in the coming days, hopefully, I think by this weekend, where the volunteer team has amassed like a hundred more um, initiatives, new initiatives to put in. But the problem with putting too many initiatives inside a website is that it's also overwhelming if you don't have a filter function. So what we did now is we created um, a search filter function where you can filter by location and beneficiary and um, region of the Philippines. So we have that coming up, which will help in the directory part. But we also really wanted to solve the problem of donor traffic, where we wanted to properly traffic where things are going because sometimes the supply is over, where the others, it's really like there's nothing there. So we have the heat map coming up, like what you said. Um, we're working with a volunteer base that's calling um, hospitals and another that's tapping barangays. And we're trying to figure out um, which are the areas most in need. And we're going to have that information up on the website live. So we're also figuring out how to do it um, in a way that's not too overwhelming, but um, there's like a um, hierarchy of information. So if you are like a person who just wants to know where to give your money, you have like a shortened list. But if you're an organization that wants to use it as a tool to figure out where you can um, put your, your, your resources, then we have um, a deeper data set that you can access like through a map. I love the sense that the website is sort of evolving. It seems that you started off with data collation, but now you're moving into sort of data visualization. Yeah, we're doing this with um, another design partner um, they're called By Implication. So they're a data visualization team. And I guess what I really enjoy about this project is that we know that we can't do it alone. And I think that's really like what I realized um, coming from this effort that if we just stick, stuck to um, our limitations, we wouldn't have been able to build this tool. But it's because we've been reaching out to people and having, I guess, the idea that everyone wants to help. It Getting more people involved and more people with different skill sets, it's the only way that you can really solve a problem. I totally agree. Um, it's a very complex problem that I think needs a variety of people from different backgrounds with different learnings um, in order to solve it. As a young professional yourself, um, what advice do you have for other young professionals who are looking to apply their own skill set to help in this time of crisis? I think it's about figuring out what you want to contribute, what you're passionate about, um, what your strengths are, and then finding people you can partner with. I feel like partnerships now are the key to solving problems like what I mentioned. So it's really about creating a network that can widen your reach, that can expand your, your scope. And we're, I'm seeing this like happen in so many different um, channels that I'm looking at. Like um, in Facebook, there is a group called Lockdown Lab. I'm not sure if you've seen it, right? And it's just different designers and creatives coming together and helping each other build uh, tools to address the situation because there's such a need for like PPEs and sterilization kits. So it's just knowing what you are as a professional and seeing how you can um, help. Like if you're good in Excel, that's still something that is a skill that's needed, you know? And like if you can draw, that's needed. So everything I think here can help in a system. So finding people and finding your place is I think the most critical thing. So go online, you know, shoot out what you want to do and look for groups. I think like that's how you can really help. 
as someone who uh, comes from a course where about more than half of it is just learning how to use Excel, that's so relieving to hear. <laughs> no, um, but jokes aside, though, um, I think that's a really inspiring message that uh, wherever you stand, um, whatever your background is, there is a certain way uh, for you to contribute your own talents to the discussion and to the solution, more importantly, to this huge crisis that we're facing. So for you, were there any personal learnings or personal points of growth that you've experienced or are experiencing while going through this process? Um, earlier, you touched on how you learned that you need people from different backgrounds and you really enjoyed this experience of working with them. But on top of that, is there anything else that you picked up along the way? I think it's actually, it's really that. I, I, I feel like um, we always say this inside the office that like design can't save the world. There are many times that we operate in um, a bubble. Like, you know, you just focus a lot on visual communication and graphics and I don't think that alone can solve problems. But if you look at problem solving in a systematic point of view, where design helps push action and, and create engagement, then that's how you can actually solve problems. And it's been really empowering because we've always been wanting to do this. Like we always wanted to find a way, even as creatives, to be able to directly help. And we're glad that in this period of um, COVID-19, we were able to at least try to do something that could aid people more. Personally, I guess, um, it's it's realizing that, you know, if you have a solution, you really have to stick it out <laughs> because it's been like a few weeks, right? And like what you said, it was really intense um, because we were working super agile and we're still working today. But I think that's really how you get things done. You really just have to stick at it. And I'm used to a schedule where, you know, when you hit these certain milestones, the project is over. But now, like, there's no end technically until, you know, we find the vaccine. So we're trying our best to stay relevant and to just keep um, working hard, not giving into fatigue, even if that's normal. Just resting, I guess, and then figuring out how to do it better the next time. Although, um, I guess I'd also say that self-care is probably very important for you guys as well yeah. in this mm -hmm. high-pressure environment. Because I'm sure there are expectations on you from yourself and from the people you work with to deliver. So I guess it's important then to keep in mind that you can't pour from an empty cup. It was a very inspiring message. You know? I love what you said that the work keeps going until we find a vaccine and we don't know when that is. So the work must keep going. Uh, the ECQ was recently just extended. So it looks like we're going to have to tough this out. We're all going to have to tough this out for longer than we think. But I think, I guess that sense of hope that you guys have tempered with the reality of the situation is something very useful right now that we could all learn from. Do you have any personal messages um, to the people who are listening to this? Oh, um, I think personal message, and you probably said it better, but it's it's to keep, I guess, keep yourself um, healthy mentally, physically. Like don't, I think there's guilt of being unproductive and a lot of people suffer from that. I suffer from that. And I think we should also give ourselves space to breathe because you can't pour from an empty cup. So don't don't feel pressured to like, you know, save the world. I think it's important that everyone is um, aware, everyone is accountable and everyone wants to act. But also don't put it all on yourself. Find people that can help you do it. And I think that really relieves a lot of stress. Um, so I guess my message would be reach out. Um, it's hard, like I, I have a hard time doing it. I, I like to just keep to myself and just work on everything. But I think it's important to reach out to your friends, to people who you feel like want to help and then see how it goes from there. So I think now more than ever, community is the most important thing right now. You know, I think you said it better. Um, <laughs> but 
um, yeah, Petra, thank you so much for giving me your time today. Um, like you mentioned, you're still working in it. So uh, these few minutes that you're able to give me um, to really talk about this and share it with everyone who's listening um, are very valuable and I super appreciate it. Um, to anyone who wants to learn more about Help From Home, you can check out their Facebook page. They're also on Twitter. Uh, they have a website. You can check out the database there if you want to donate. Uh, you can also, if you have an organization or if you have a drive, an initiative that you want to add there, I think you can submit it to their team and they'll uh, evaluate it and check if you guys are legit, which hopefully you are. Um, and I think you can also contact them though if you want to have any partnerships, media, uh, organizational, otherwise. Did I, I got that correct, Naman, right? All right. So um, with that, I hope all of you are feeling more inspired to help from home to reach out in your own way and to take care of yourself the whole time. Uh, Once again, I'm Rafa. Um, This is my guest, Tetra. And thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. Since the time of this interview, Help From Home has implemented all of the features they talked about in this video and more. If you want to learn more about them, go to their website at helpfromhome.ph.